Coming up on this episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast. Jerry Halliwell told me that actually I was doing a gig Red Bull one night and I was doing Lewis Hamilton. So when I came out, I was, um, you know, I'm just so grateful and they're all started booing me. I was like, oh, guys, you know, I'm only pretending or something, right? Like, like jokingly said, I'm pretending and people laughed or whatever. And Jerry Halliwell after it was like, Connor, you should never have said you were pretending. I was like, what? you got to make them believe. you got to make them believe. <laughs> she was amazing. She goes, every time you do a character, you have to be that character. Never say you're pretending. Yes. I was like, all right, <laughs> can I get a picture? <laughs> the Impressionist, Connor Moore, you know him from his Connor Sketches uh, series of sketches, was one of the first guests that I ever interviewed on the Mario Rosenstock podcast. And in the almost three years that have passed since that conversation, so much has happened in Connor's life and career that we thought it was about time he came back on for another chat. So what's been going on with Connor? Well, he's met some of his favourite people to impersonate in person. I walked over and I actually backed over at first. Mm. My wife was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, I can't. I turned around to him and I put the hand out. I was like, Tommy, how's it going? And he goes, Ah, oh, Jesus, Connor, how you doing? Jeez, you fucking nailed me, so you did. <laughs> well done. He's had loads of amazing live gigs, including his first major national tour. But like us all, he's also had a few doozies. Some fella from Dublin threw an ice cube at me. Uh. Kind of hit me there or whatever. Ah, oh, you just jarred or whatever. Yeah. Then he threw another one at me, right? Uh. So I dropped the mic, boom, ran at this fella. And all that time he's been spending impersonating golfers seems to be doing wonders for his game. I showed McElroy my swing one day and he's like, what do you play off, like three? I was like uh, 18. Shut the door. <laughs> he was like, you must have a terrible short game. I mean, you have a really good swing. We chat about all that and loads more in a couple of minutes. But as well as meeting Tommy Tiernan at Joe Brawley's wedding and doing Tommy in front of Tommy, Connor also met Roy Keane. And not only did he meet Roy Keane, but he impersonated Roy Keane in front of a huge audience in front of Roy Keane live on stage in the Overlap Tour in Manchester. And I can tell you from personal experience as someone else who has done Roy in front of Roy, this is a big deal. Here's a clip. Tell me, what could Manchester United have done differently to get a better result against them? Listen. <laughs> you know, show a bit of character, a bit, bit of personality. <laughs> Do your job. <laughs> get out there, D. You know, it was a derby. <laughs> <laughs> And Connor will reveal all about that encounter in our full chat coming up in a few minutes' time. But first, exclusive comedy as always on the Mario Rosenstock podcast. It's a big week as the Six Nations rugby begins. And that gives David McWilliams his inspiration for the latest episode, the new episode of 2024 of the David McWilliams podcast. Uh, ready to go, David? Ready to rock, John, whenever you okay, want. Okay, new year, new slate, okay? Yeah, John, sorry if my behaviour was a bit off last year. I think it was a midlife crisis or something. Yeah. No worries, David. Just keep it to economic analogies, okay? That's what the podcast is Economic about. analogies all the way, John. Okay, ready to go? Here, here we go. And cue David. How are you doing? It's Dave here, of course, back with the pod with John. Hi, everybody. And uh, do you know what, John? I love this time of year. I really do. Oh, I don't know about the cold. Might be cold, (laughs) but there's Six Nations rugby to look forward to, John. Oh, I love the Six Nations rugby. I really do. I look forward to it every year. (laughs) And you know the Six Nations rugby, John? Mm. It reminds me very much of the European economy. 
You have the might of France, the sterility and stodginess of England, (laughs) the growth of Ireland in recent years, and of course the madness of the Italians. Yeah, they're nuts. Uh, But when I think of the rugby, John, Mm. it reminds me of me days down in the darky tech as a chiseler. A know? young fella and a few of us in the old boxing club in the tech. I thought <laughs> we get on the seven bus, right? I thought we <laughs> and we'd fuck off up into Black Rock. You said you wouldn't do this. And when the Black Rock College Langers were playing their rugby, no, and it. we go up to Builders Town Dead stations <laughs> with our sticks and our bottles, and we'd knock the living shoe out of them posh bastards. Are you psychiatrically ill? You went to Black Rock. I didn't me fucking hole. I was. Oh. The tech boy oh, all the oh, way, oh. and I tell you I'm what, leaving. we used to make them bye fucking bye. pay. I'll tell you, we'd be off sniffing glue then in Blackrock Park. <laughs> the glory days, uh, John. John, <laughs> that's one of the um, favorite sketches of our listeners, the uh, David McWilliams series of sketches. Um, okay, let's get to my chat with Connor Moore. As I mentioned, he was one of our first guests I had on this podcast almost three years ago now, so it was finally great to meet each other in person. Yeah, the last one was on Zoom. It's much yeah, better, isn't yeah. it, in person? Absolutely. Because you can't talk, you know, not that you, you want to be talking over each other, but you're always waiting kind of, and then as soon as you start talking, there's a delay. There's a little lag. And then someone talks, and you're like, oh, fuck. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Ronan O'Gara came out very well on Zoom. Partly because of the lag. <laughs> <laughs> because if you mix the lag with the with his pauses, yeah. you go into this fucking outer space place. He always, so, he always looks like over there and he goes... He does. And then he does this yeah. thing with his mouth. Ma- he does this thing with his mouth as well. So, yeah, do you know, he's very considered. Mm. His answer's Too considered. Too considered for Zoom. <laughs> so he's, you don't know if it's a delay, a pause or a lag delay pause. So, and the thing about Ronan O'Gara, by the way, everybody listening, here's Connor Moore in studio. Connor, you're very welcome. Mario, thank you for having me. I'm just taking the jacket off. Yeah, and Excuse this is me. the first time Connor and I have ever met, even though Connor has been on the podcast before, and we were just discussing how he was on the podcast, but it was on a Zoom. And he was one of my first ever podcasts because I'm such a great admirer of what Connor has done in the whole world of impressions. But he's kind of brought it to another place where he mixes his own natural charm by getting to know people and making them comfortable. And then unleashing the impressions and people have taken them to his heart around the world of golf and Formula One and all GAA, the whole thing. And the first time you appeared on the podcast, Connor, was telling us your great stories and your great adventures of Tiger Woods mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and the GAA with Gerlock Nan and how you got started and everything. And if people want to listen to that podcast, please do scroll back because it was a really, really fun day we had, even though we were on Zoom. But now, just five minutes ago, we got a chance to meet for the first time, and it's great to meet you. And uh, and of course, you're from Mullingar, mm-hmm. and Mullingar is just pouring out the superstars at this stage, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know what the crack is. What yeah. the hell? It's Joe Dolan name. left some legacy anyway. Didn't yeah, he? Joe Dolan yeah. spawned you all, mm. and then Niall Horan, Brezzy. Well, Niall just took it to a level where it's like <laughs> there, like you know, there's a, there's celebrities, and then there's people who are kind of a bit known. He's obviously a proper, he's a celebrity celebrity, you know, he is, he's yeah. just so huge. Like, But I think it's very um, inspiring, I think, if you're growing up in Mullingar now, because you have someone there, you can go, hey, he did it. He's yeah. from the very middle of the town, and like, anyone can do it. Anyway, and I just want to say thanks for having me as well. It's great to finally meet the king. Oh, well, listen, come here. It's, I was just saying about Mullingar, it's like, Mullingar's turned the tables, because now people in Dublin go, I'm thinking of going to Mullingar. <laughs> oh no, come on, why would you emigrate? Well, the, the opportunities there are so great, you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know, like, I mean, it's, it's Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, but it's fucking, they're all there, like. And uh, why would I stay in a small town, Cape, like Dublin? 
<laughs> you know, there's the, the, the we got to build a wall. We got to keep them out. We yeah. got to keep the jobs for ourselves. I don't want to see no outsiders coming in. That would be bad, very bad, bad. bad. Um, there's the Mullingar Art Centre and everything up there. You know, that's where all the fucking bright lights are. I, I and did, you've, you've performed it that many I times. I did three nights there last year. They mm. put my picture on the wall a couple of years ago. A couple of my mates are in the art centre and they're like, why is your picture on the wall? You never did a thing in here. And I was like, yeah, that's fair enough. So I did three nights and you know what? There were three fantastic nights. It's a really cool place to do a gig. It's very intimate. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know, there's 360 or whatever in it and I just kind of love, they're just right there yes. on top of you. And there's a lot of history to the place so it was really nice actually doing yeah. a couple of gigs there. Well, listen, you're making a magnificent career for yourself at home and abroad uh, doing a whole realm of impressions. You do so many impressions, you work hard at them and um, as I said, you kind of bring a charm to the whole thing and we'll try and get into that in a minute. But one of the things we have in common, obviously, apart from doing impressions, um, is the, the, is that... Years and years ago, well, for the last 15 years, I suppose, I suppose people would often ask me the first thing, what was it like meeting Keen? <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly what happened to you. You had exactly that experience. You did. You, you met Keen and you ended yeah. up having to do Keen in front of Keen. Describe the day. Describe the meeting. Describe how it was set up. Describe your nerves. Describe all of it. Well, would you believe, I was supposed to do it in Dublin. So the overlap were travelling around and I seen the poster and I... Uh, like I was hoping I was going to get the call from him. Got the call and they were like, do you want to do a bit? And I was like, yeah, but I want to be on the stage yeah. doing my bit. They were like, hey, come on at the start for 10 minutes and then you're gone. And ah. then at half time, and I was like, so I'm the warm up act. They were like, yeah, I was like, no problem. I'll do that. But like, you got to put me on the stage with Keen. Mm. And I was like, if I don't do that, because when I met Jose, like obviously I did Jose, did Tiger, met Tiger, McElroy, any of them, I always do it. It looked like I'm scared if I don't do it. Mm. So I was like, you got to put me up beside Keen. And they mm. were like, well, that could be a brilliant idea. Wait a minute. Maybe we'll put you beside Keen. It was like <laughs> your man from The Lion King, Timon. What? I've got an idea. Yeah, they, we'll put you beside it's their Keen. idea. Yeah. Well, you have to give that to them. And would you believe, I actually was Paddy's Day. It was around Paddy's Day, I think, in New York. And I was in my bar and I actually lost my voice. And it was coming back by Thursday, but it just wasn't perfect. And I ended up pulling out because I was like... Did you? you yeah, I ju I, it just wasn't my voice, especially doing yeah. Keen. It was just It rough, was coming was out, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, yeah. it was kind of squeaky or something. Well, yeah, it was more sounds, like Davey Fitz. not bad, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was more sounds like, like a constipated Roy Keane. It's still Roy Keane. <laughs> but so I was like, no, I just, I don't want to do it. So I, I, I pulled out and I, I don't know if they were annoyed or whatever, but then the following day I like asked uh, Andy my agent I was like just write to him and just say look please mm. give me the Manchester gig at the end of the season I'll do it for nothing blah mm. blah blah so they were like alright Grant uh, you can do that gig so I went over that day and it's weird I, I've got quite used to meeting people in sports like celebrities yeah. and stuff like that so I didn't mm. think I'd be well, as soon as I seen him I was like Gee, that's right Keen mm. was he bearded one? Uh, he wasn't no, he was shaving shaving this but time. then I, I said right I'll bring a, a black top a grey top because they said they always have to wear dark clothes yeah. for the TV because yeah. they don't want any sort of whatever it is with yeah. the cameras and I was like Grant so I brought like a grey navy and a black jumper mm. he rocks in in an orange t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> and we're in the green room before it he just walks in and everyone's looking at him and he goes well all my clothes were in the dry we're in the washing machine yeah. I said the only top I had <laughs> everyone starts laughing yeah. And then everyone was telling me on the way and they're like, oh, he's the best. He is amazing. He's the best. So it was this kind of like, oh, he was so nice. Not that he was so nice. I'm doing a disservice there. He was a funny fucker. Yeah, he is. Yeah, like yeah. just, he just mad for the cracks right now. So yeah. I started, are you taking a piss over tonight yeah, or what? Yeah, you know? yeah. And then when you're talking to him, he's quite cor more cork than like, you kind of hear on TV, I kind of think. Yeah. You know, you're saying, I was out there, you know, you start like that, whatever, yeah. you know. So then we end up, uh, we're doing, uh, I did my 10 minutes at the start. Oh, you did the thing as well at the start? Yeah, 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 oh, at the start. Good. Now, and he actually was, 
waiting. I think he was waiting for me to do him. And then mm. he was in watching me mm. uh, behind the curtain. And there's a video of it there, I think, mm. from the full episode. And Carragher's on his phone, Neville's on his phone. They're not paying attention at all. And he's looking at the video. He's like, oh, look at this, look at this. <laughs> I said, and then someone said to me, they're like, I think impressions are his thing. Yeah. That's his comedy. He, Maybe likes. he likes it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why I got the call years ago. <laughs> yeah. So uh, did, did, they told me then, all right, at half time, you're going to announce the lads back in. So the boys didn't know I was coming on stage. So if you watch the full episode, they say, right, next up, we've got uh, a special guest. They always bring out a special guest. And they're like, it's Graham Sooness. Wow. And Neville and all them are like, you what? Oh, yeah. And they're all looking at each other. And Keane's like, oh, Graham. And then I came out and they're all like, oh, right, here we go. <laughs> so Neville switches seats and I sit down there and the first thing, you know, I've been working with these guys for a long time and I just want to say it to all three of you guys, you just have to retire. And I don't want you to forget that I hate Paul Pogba. And Keane's like, he does this laugh, he's like, <laughs> just weird. And I've never heard it before. You know yeah. the way he kind of had that ha ha ha. Well, I, well, see, the thing is, just to clear about it, I don't think he ever did have the ha 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 thing, right? I just kind of came out with that one day, and Ian said, basically, I liked the ha 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 thing, and I, and I went, why do you like the ha 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 thing? Because it adds a kind of a sense of gentleness to this monster that that yeah, he knew. Yeah. But I don't think because then, I, and then I, when I met him, I did. I said, I think you laugh like me, and he said, No, I don't laugh like you, and uh, and I went, I think you do. And uh, he said, no, I don't. And I said, I think you do. And he said, make me laugh then. <laughs> and I said, make me laugh. So I kind of went, did, said some stupid joke. And then I did a little laugh. And he kind of slightly copied me. <laughs> rather than, so I kind of went, ha, ha, ha. And he went, ha, 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 like that. But really, it was just a made up thing, really, by, by me. I did the I same with Sergio Garcia. Yeah. Where, I gave him that. I don't know. It just it, he looks like a guy that would laugh like that. That's all I <laughs> yeah, get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so see, a lot of this is a lot of this isn't a lot of these stuff. Think Connor are apocryphal. They're not true at all. Things that happen or people say that happen, they they never happen. Once, once they make you laugh, yeah, that's no, it. But but yeah, exactly. It just works. Yeah. If something works or it doesn't, mm. and then you can claim credit for it or not. But it just is. That's all. Yeah, and and that's the thing with impressions as well that I learned. I remember at the start being so focused on like nailing the impression, yeah. and then after a while you realise you're like, oh well, I did that one and like. People are like, oh yeah, it's accurate, and they're impressed with it. But are they laughing at it? Correct. Like Ian Poulter at the start, when I was doing Poulter, it was quite like. Uh, I love that. Goal. I, I thought uh, yeah. it was difficult, you know, and uh, but played well, you know. But now it's like, oh well, you know, and I thought yeah. it played pretty good, exactly. and yet people are just breaking their shit laughing. You've really heightened it. Yeah, it's a it's a caricature exactly. of the person. And which that's it. When when you when you do it when 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 you do an impression of somebody and you can lift it to a place where. I suppose it's not them, but it's recognisable. Yeah. And then it's yours. Yeah. You've made a piece of music out of it yourself, which makes it uh, people laugh. Yeah. Because if you were if you were rigorously and ruthlessly um, accurate about your impressions, they wouldn't be as funny. No, no, no. One hundred percent. Yeah. Go on anyway. So you you were you, the, the the day was. Oh, the day. Yeah. So I ended up. I went on stage anyway, and I started doing him. And he just he just found it hilarious. Yeah. Came off the stage then, and when I called him in, he actually said to me after he goes, yeah, "I didn't know what the story was. I seen you like calling us in, going you know from behind the curtain, going, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, yeah. Gary Neville, Jimmy Carrigan, Roy Keane." Roy was like, "All right, cheers." And he went out, and he goes, "When you were doing that, I was like, it's a bit bad, isn't it? Bringing him all the way to Manchester. He's better than that. Fuck's <laughs> sake, going out there." <laughs> oh, he was just so so funny. Yeah. Even before the uh, before we went on stage, he says, "Um." So a story, are you like me? They'd leave loads of food out and stuff. Mm. He goes, oh, I'm a fucker for just picking up, you know, yeah. just you know, nibbling away at stuff, you know, yourself. <laughs> you like that? Mm. I was like, no, I was like, I can't eat. I have acid reflux, yeah. so I can't eat before gigs, so I have to keep my voice like really nothing going in or whatever. But after, I always go mad, always end up at McDonald's. He goes, oh, 
Fucking crazy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's mad, isn't it? Yeah, McDonald's. I don't know, Conor Moore was going, well, yeah. Then he just went a bit crazy on the chicken nuggets, didn't he? <laughs> and then we were in a taxi on the way to the pub after it. Yeah. He asked the taxi driver, hey, do you mind stopping off just there? It looked out the window there, McDonald's. Oh, do you want to get out, do you? <laughs> <laughs> and come here. One of the things about doing him as well as sketches is that um, it's got more difficult for me over the years because since he left football, he basically became a full-time comedian. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. No matter yeah. what you do as Roy Keane on sketches, the actual real guy is a bit funnier. Yeah, and you're sort of going. My sketch is kind of neutral. It's a bit like the, in a sense the Healy Rays are nearly like, like that. You know when you can't the parody the, a parody a parody of a parody yeah. of a parody, and you're kind of going. It's better to let the Healy Rays to the Healy Rays. Yeah, you can you can sense Keane like he's he's highly intelligent. Anyone that can think that quick, he's mm. always so quick with a comeback. If you mm. watch any of those episodes, mm. and don't get me wrong, I know people tell the same stories over mm. and over again, mm. all this kind of stuff. Mm. But like a lot of stuff, they always have to change everything that they're doing in the episodes and tell different stories. Like, and how quick he is at slagging off Gary Neville all the time is mm. just unbelievable. Mm. He's like, his he definitely is a very very smart. Oh no question, individual like you know because to think that quick, I'm useless at improv. Mm. Like I have to be very scripted when I go on stage and know exactly what I'm going to do. Mm. Not great off the cuff. Well, no, it depends on the character I'm yeah. doing. But if I'm doing like if I'm doing, I always say it's weird when you get into the mindset of doing an impression. Mm. If I'm on stage and someone asks me a question as Ian Poulter, mm. I will probably come back with a funny answer mm. because. I, ju- I just act, I think, uh, I, I, my mind turns into this arrogant, uh, sort of narcissistic person. Now, not that Walter is that, but like that's my character Caricature of him, of him right? Yeah. So no matter what anyone says to me, I'll come back with something that's like, and everyone laughs. But if I'm doing Tiger Woods, and someone says something to me, my answers are usually not great because mm. they come out as like Tiger Woods and they're a little bit boring in but, a sense. Yeah, but Tiger Woods' answers are very, very shut you down. They just shut yeah. you down. They, there's nothing to them, really. Yeah. I, you know, you know. I ended up just. I, le- I probably end up looking at the person because at the end yeah. of usually when you do a Q and A, people from the crowd will ask you questions yeah. in American stuff mm. like that. And yeah, it depending on the character you're doing, your improv is different. Mm. And I need a really good character, mm. you know. To yeah. well, what you're talking about is being in character, pretty much. Which yeah, is what it's a like method acting. It's, in a sense. it's acting. Yeah, that's all it is. It's yeah. being in character. Mm. And when you're being in character, you believe you're in character. So mm. it's up. If you believe, they believe. Mm. That's, that's what we've Jerry Halliwell told me that actually I was doing a gig Red Bull one night and uh, it was over in England and I was doing Lewis Hamilton mm. and it was for Red Bull so when I came out I was um, you know I'm just so grateful and they all started booing me I was like oh guys you know, I'm only pretending or something right like like jokingly said I'm pretending and people laughed or whatever and Jerry Halliwell after it was like Connor you should never have said you were pretending I was like what you got to make them believe. you got to make them believe. <laughs> she was amazing. She goes, every time you do a character, you have to be that character. Never say you're pretending. Yes. I was like, all right, can I get a picture? Fair play to her. Do you know what I want to talk to you next about is the golf. Because one of the things that you became, that, that really started you was the golf. Doing your Ian Poulter, doing your Sergio, which is hilarious. Um... The other, there's a few others you do as well which are absolutely the golf fellas who, uh, I, as in like Rory Harrington Rory Harrington yeah I, was definitely one. stole a bit off you with well, eh, ah well yeah def- but everybody who, who doesn't do eh um, I think he's funny though because Harrington is great is great has great humour in him because of his kind of his compulsive the compulsive nature of his personality yeah. You know, I remember hearing him once, and this is no joke now, because you could just go, you know, I remember hearing him once going, um, so, Porig, are you saving for anything at the moment? And of course, as usual, he thought about it really carefully. He went, eh, uh, yeah, um, I'm saving for, I'm saving for a private jet at the moment. 
Uh, I know that sounds a bit arrogant, but I am saving for a private jet. Your mum's going, right, this is tasty. Go on. Uh, yeah, so kind of only up to about 18 million at the moment, but it's, it's actually 24, so it's actually I'm quite a long way away from it. Serious? And you're going, do you hear yourself? You're saving for a private jet, like, and you're kind of only got 18 million, you know? And you're kind of, But you see, this is his chartered accountancy head. Jeez, if I heard that, I would have... This is the wow. child. <laughs> that's like uh, Poulter when he says, uh, "Oh, as soon as I win one major, it's going to be just me and Tiger." <laughs> yeah, but that's it. But you see, the thing was, Harrington didn't believe he was that Harrington. There's, there's a, not my phone. Who is it? It's Poulter. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> what are you saying about me? <laughs> you... uh, Connor, please, mate. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd rather you didn't speak about me. We've got a bit of a. Uh, how would you say non-disclosure agreement? You've got to stop taking the piss out of me until you come to live. Ian Mario Rosenstock here. Can I have a quick word? Uh, no, far ahead, mate. Oh, right, listen, um, Liv, are you in, are you thinking, are you in Liv? Uh, I go where the money is, mate. I made a business decision for my family and uh, I always wanted to be really rich, so that's it. Right, where are you now? I am in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Ian. (laughs) No problem, mate. Anytime you want a bit of improv, just give me a shout, right? (laughs) Anyway. Tell me about the golf. So, you know, not only uh, was it was it no, what I was saying about Harrington there was he didn't he wasn't c- coming across as badly at all. This is Harrington's charged accountancy brain. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I know it's tough. You know, at twenty four million, I've only got it. That's six million short. Did he get it? What the private jet? I have no idea. But my point is, in his world, he was saving for something like we would save for a new jacket. Yeah, Jesus, look <laughs> 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 a private jet. <laughs> question ask someone with that much money as well what are you saving for yeah because well, to be fair what can he save for it's not like he's saving for a car mm. do you know like it's got to be something huge but, but that some, much money. there's something very like he he always comes out pretty much at the top of um, Irish sports people's Irish people's most loved sportsman mm. not Keane or McGrath it's Patrick Carrington I'll tell you a story about Porter well, real quick at the <clears> Irish <throat> Open last year um, so I've been like playing around with this idea where I want to do a series because I like I have a very good like people will tell me I have a very good golf swing mm. like I showed McElroy my swing one day and he's like what do you play off like three mm. I was like uh, 18 shut the door <laughs> he was like you must have a terrible short game I mean you have a really good swing yeah and even I was with Shane last year and he showed Tommy Fleet with my swing and he's like have a look at that there Tommy's like what, what, what you scratch yeah like literally asked me was I scratch I was like scratch I was like I play off 15 so like I have like a nice looking swing yeah. I have an Instagram swing yeah. and then I just hit it all over the place so usually you just don't show where the ball goes <laughs> so it's like you. I've, I, I'm really good at holding the finish and everything else I would have played a lot of sports so I was like mm-hmm. in a sense like good hand-eye coordination or whatever mm-hmm. but my thing is I really want to get good at golf and I was going to start a series on YouTube which I plan on doing this year where I'm playing courses around Ireland mm. and around America because I end up doing gigs in different places mm. and you can go play the golf courses so I was like this would be great just to do something and like work on my golf game so I just I mentioned it to Harrington I was like oh, I'm doing this golf series and I was like I, I definitely I'd love to pick your brain I just met him outside the clubhouse at the K Club and uh, I'd love to pick your brain about like my golf swing blah 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 and he goes yeah listen no problem at all he says I I uh, it depends do you want to get good or do you want to enjoy it because if you want to enjoy it more it's about the driver just get your driver right and enjoy mm. it more if you want to get good it's about your short game mm. that's where you're going to like really get good the shots yeah, yeah. Mm. so I was like Grant I was playing down in Tralee about two weeks later I was half jarred walking around the golf course and then on my Twitter account 
And I don't really check it that much. Do you know what? I don't even have the account on. But anyway, I had this big long message from Padraig Harrington. How are you, Connor? I always, when I'm telling the story, I'm always like, how are you, Connor? Uh, even though it was a bloody message. <laughs> this big long message about my golf swing. He goes, I went down, I looked at your golf swing and started breaking it down and was telling me that my uh, my uh, backswing was way too long. <laughs> and he's going, think John Ram. Think John Ram and all this. You want to see like the specifics the he went into. You know, and I just thought like, what a nice genuine guy like mm. do you know what I mean he just went to the body he was like he's trying to get better at golf you know what know. I'm going to have a look at his swing and he obviously just loves golf and he would do that like probably yeah. for anybody yeah yeah do you know what I mean and, and his like, clinics on YouTube as well oh they're fantastic yeah, yeah. and I've been watching them like over the winter and stuff mm. like that like and it's he's giving this content out for nothing yeah do you know he just obviously does love what he's doing like but what a like brilliant brilliant fella and that's the great the great thing about golf is and that's why and I think you're of the same kind of ilk as well when I'm doing people I'd never like to do someone and be like, oh, I'm shitting all over him or I'm putting no, the back off him. I don't get that. No, it's because it's like, it takes a little bit of the fun out of it yeah. for me yeah. because like, the one thing I realised, like when I started doing this, I would do anything but at the same time, I never thought like, oh, they're never going to see it like, so yeah. it doesn't matter but then it gets to a certain level where people are, are do actually you see it and notice, you're yeah. doing golf, you're doing yeah. F1 and then you get, they're actually texting you and stuff, yeah. the guys you're doing and stuff. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, these guys see this and then if something personal happens to somebody, people will write to me and be like, you got to do something on this and I'm yeah. like, oh no, like I, you know, I just don't want to do something on something that like, I think might be a bona contention. Yeah. Now, to a certain point, you have to stay true to the craft you're doing and you have to like take the make out of things that are in the news. But like at the same time, I always kind of find the holy trinity in it is if I like it, they like it and the audience likes it, well, everybody's winning. Yeah. And everybody enjoys it more. Well, I think you're, you've touched on a very interesting point there and that's, that, that, that's a st- something I get as well. Um, and that's to do with, for example, that's to do with satire, right? So people mm. go... Did you not see that? Like, would would you not take the piss out of that? And I would go, yes, I would take the piss out of that. And what about them? Would you take the piss out of him? And I would, yeah. Anything that he's done publicly is for me there to, to, and he has to accept that or she, yeah, if it's publicly. But anything private, I would very much draw the line on. Mm. And anyway, anything that I'm gratuitously putting my boot in on somebody who's in a weak position, uh, I think... I draw the line as well. See, I always, we always, I always saw it as, as this old expression, punching up. Oh yeah. Right? It's Not way better. punching down. Yeah. Punching up, right? I mean, it's easy to hit somebody when they're down or they've made a mistake or, and they're vulnerable and you put the boot in. Anybody can do that. Oh yeah, like I was doing Harry Maguire for a while. Oh, yeah, um, oh, you know, um, you know, it was great there. You know, we loads of them. We spent 80 million on me, didn't we? Yeah, that was a bad movie. <laughs> this kind of stuff. And it was like, I, I just thought like it's fair game, listen, whatever, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then after I did, I remember I did one and after that I seen he was getting a lot of stuff online. I was like, oh, that's like, I'm I'm joining the gang then if I start doing that. really like bullying him or something. But True, like, a bit that. No, don't get me wrong, like it was, he is time, on 300 grand a week or whatever. So it, he is shielded a little bit yeah, by, yeah, his, so by his wealth. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, but then I was just a bit like he was getting so much of it. I was a bit like I know. St- it's, it. It just starts tainting yeah. your like. At the end of the day, you're trying to have a bit of crack with it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're trying to take piss. Yeah. Like he probably won't see it anyway. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to be yeah. joining in on but that. This is and a, you but, see, but this you know? is of course made use. This is everybody looks about a unique selling point and what makes what's stay in your lane and what gives you a lane. There are lots of impressionists out there, Connor, and there are lots of fantastic impressionists out there. The odd time I go on on YouTube down a rabbit hole and I look at some impressionists. I love tennis, for example. There's a fellow that does loads of tennis impressions. I can't do them for shite. He is brilliant at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. 
yeah, yeah. And uh, he's just Josh or he's something. He's a Josh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A kind of a blonde fella. Yeah, a good looking, tall guy. Good looking yeah, yeah, uh, British yeah. fella. Real British, yeah. He does his Raphael Nadal. <laughs> the one he does that really kills me is Federer, which I thought, how do you do Federer? And it's this fucking Federer. But anyway, uh, my point is there's loads of impressions set there and they're all brilliant. But you need to find a little unique selling point. And mm. one of your unique selling points is that is that you have managed to schleam your way in with these people. and But not in a... Not in a uh, in a kind of an, a cringe way. You've done it so that you hold your own ground. You're still Connor. You are going to take the piss out of them, but they're kind of okay with that. And uh, so you've used your own personal, and it's, there's definitely an Irish charm there. I think to to oh to. yeah. When I got into Formula One, I remember they were like, uh, so they, uh, they were going to get me to. Uh, I was heading over to one of the the Austin Grand Prix, my first one, and one of the people there had an idea. They were like, hey you're going to stand outside the media room or something um, kind of and wait for the play, the, the drivers to come out and stuff and I was like yeah you see the, I, the issue I kind of have with that is I'm seeking validation then like they could walk by me you know which would be really bad you know imagine they walked by and just looked at you and just kept going and like everyone over there has a camera and stuff so I was very careful about how I wanted to kind of meet them I was like no 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 I want to make sure it's a bit like when you meet Tiger you meet Keen you know they're they know you're there so you're going to have a bit of a interaction with them. But I was like, I, if I look like I'm seeking validation off them, all the bit of coolness just dissipates and it's gone. And then it's like, oh, I'm trying to like, you know, kiss these guys' ass or I want them to notice me or something like that. And if I do that then, then you're kind of losing a bit of credibility. And I was like, no, I just want to meet them like randomly, you know, we'll have cameras going, but if I meet them, I meet them. But like, I'm just not going to walk up like to one of them like dressed up as them. Do you know, I mean like, hey, what do you think mm, kind of thing? Mm. Do you know, like randomly. Now, mm. obviously, if it's planned but that's and stuff. Cle- that's clever of you, though, that you've thought, you've thought quite clearly and deeply about how you stage manage this. Oh, yeah, I think you kind of have to, like, if you're doing it, like, don't get me wrong, some random things happen. I met Daniel Ricciardo and it turned out to be brilliant and it was very random. Mm. But again, it's it, I just kind of find, yeah, and it's like, I'm also not seeking validation off them in a mm. sense too, like, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, because if you are then... Like one one thing about I was thinking about Formula One there last year at the end of the year I was in Vegas and stuff and then I was like the more I go to these the more I get to know them as well the worse it can be for me because then if like just someone loses a race right that's fair game like you said that's public like you know and I'm taking the mick out of them or whatever well like if I start becoming like nearly pally with them and knowing them it'll start like it'll muddy my judgement in a sense absolutely do you know, which is like, it's it's a weird place to be in. So it's kind of, you got to be careful with it. But at the same time, I remember when I did a live golf thing and like an article was written on one of these golf publications. And it was like, Impressionist more goes hard in on live golf players. Mm. And I was like, no, I didn't. Mm. Like I did a video where Mickelson's in the room. And he's like, oh, hey, uh, we're just growing the game. You know, and he's kind of <laughs> sarcastically or whatever. And then Poulter's like, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And you hear this big plane going over and like, well, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's just Lee Westwood coming in his new private jet. Yeah. Mm, yeah. He came uh, 26 last week. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Got a hundred million. This, and then Brooks comes in and Brooks is like, uh, hey guys, and they're all throwing money around the room. Mm. And McDowell is like, yeah, I mean, it's uh, reprehensible, um, you know. Uh, we're, but we're just growing the game <laughs> they're all laughing growing the game yeah. Graham McDowell texts me like really funny Poulter mate yeah. that is hilarious yeah. and then there's an article saying Conor Moore goes in on the yeah. on the live yeah. guys and I was like yeah. I wasn't like I was just literally they're big boys they know why they yeah. went to live they yeah. went for money Yeah, no other way about it John Ram just went for money like you know what yeah. I mean they're not going to grow the game yeah. they're not going for any of these reasons but they're obviously told to say that yeah. so they say it Yeah. but like if you were to sit down in the bar with them yeah 
did you really go outside maybe Bryson DeChambeau or something but like where he nearly believed that he is yeah we're just growing the game and he got 150 million or whatever. <laughs> he but actually like, believed he was growing the game didn't yeah, he? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I would say he probably believes yeah. it but um, Dustin would believe he's growing the game no, if, in fairness to him, he was like, oh, you know, uh, you know, up. you asked me to work less um, and get paid more. Yeah. You'd be an idiot if you said no. Yeah. He was the only fella that actually came out and was like, it's a money thing. Yeah. And he looked, in my opinion, he came out looking the cleanest because he was honest. Because he's like, you know, I think, like GMAC probably made that mistake where he was uh, doing the press conference and they're obviously told, I read Alan Shipnuck's book or whatever, and they're told by somebody like, someone who has kind of no experience in this, the guy's like, yeah, go in there and say, we're growing the game. We're doing this. And you know what I mean? It's about like changing the world and blah, blah, blah. GMAC goes out, gives it all this thing and gets absolutely hammered for mm. it. But because it's like, it, it, like people were like, no, you went for, because you were getting paid. Mm. But if you just tell people you're honest with people, because like, people aren't stupid either, they have more respect for just coming out. And then a week later, he's like, yeah, look, guy, yeah, said some things. I uh, regret, um, you know, obviously went as a business decision. It was like, all right, fair play. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a different spin on it in the sense where people that were honest about why they went, I yeah. think, looked o- o- better. O- also, you see, also there's a funny one there as well. The people who went first to live got slaughtered, right? Oh, yeah. But in a way, they were the brave ones who at least, in a way, they were the brave ones who went, I'm doing it. I know I'm going to get absolutely rinsed here, yeah. but I'm doing it. Whereas, I, I won't name any names, but I I have a, more of a problem with the people who went late. Because they're there basically going, I can do this, get a load of money, and I won't get rinsed. Oh, yeah. Because and, and even Rory will come out and go, yeah, I understand why you made this decision. Oh, sure. I, I couldn't believe it. Like Rory's interview yesterday. And like I've met Rory a few times and he he is a genuinely yeah. great and, fella. And seems like another intelligent man. Oh, very. And very mm. considered in everything he says and everything. Mm. And people are like, oh, he's after this big climb down and these people stabbed him in the back. And it's like, no, no, no. They were all in it for the right reasons. They all tried to save the PGA Tour, which they were playing on. But like one thing, and I only said it to my dad this morning because he was always tell, he was telling me, this little thing, no, it'll work. I'm telling you, they've got all the money. It's going to work. I was like, three years, it's dead. And this morning I just said to him, I was like, you're right. Like I was looking at the... PGA Tour last week and I was looking at Liv uh, that's coming up this week and I'm like oh my god like the field is just it's incomparable like this all the characters are over here on Liv and for the first time I always said I don't think I'd watch it no interest you're going to watch it I'll watch it this weekend yeah Yeah. there's just too many big characters in it I want to see how they're playing who's playing well who's playing if you're interested in golf some people only watch golf four times a year Yeah, like I watch it a bit more now that I'm like in the game but yeah, I was like, I'll watch Live Golf. And I seen Rory then and like and I know Jay Monaghan, the commissioner or whatever, and mm. they did everything they could. And hindsight's a great, like, mm. you know, as they say, it's 2020 or whatever. Mm. But like, money just makes the world go round. Mm. And it will make people do, most people have, the vast, vast majority, they have a number. Mm. If you hit the number, they're gone. So have you been asked to join Live? Uh, no <laughs> <laughs> This would be great Jay Monaghan here Connor We're ready to make an offer Hi Connor It's Greg Norman <laughs> What's the I met Greg What's the number I actually met Greg <laughs> I met Greg I was doing a gig in Poulter's house there Last year or whatever <laughs> And uh, I met Greg I'd love if there was a squabble over you <laughs> Yeah imagine And you're just two phones <laughs> Hold on I, I, did have, I did have someone Hello <laughs> Sorry that was me Connor is that sorry? Is that Ian Poulter or Connor? You could fuck them all up, Connor. Yeah, no, I did actually have I did have them asking me like even the the Poulter's team and at the four aces, which is DJ's team, asking me to do stuff. And I was like, you know, for me, it's all a bit of crack and everything else. But mm-hmm. I was like, 
I like it just lo- at the time now and it'll be all fine in a, two or three years like you know what I mean or in a year it's even becoming all fine now it's just that's the way yeah. it is people they stop writing whatever in the media and they just start talking about the golf and it's all forgotten about Yeah. but I was like for me to go and do start doing that kind of thing I mm. was just like right now is like maybe not but like I was looking at it this weekend and I was like I've I have way more content doing a live tournament right now <laughs> here's here's the thing for me as well nearly my entire golf stable is at live which <laughs> goes to show stable. you and the, like that's what I called it as well <laughs> my stable yeah. but, I was but you know what my... started happening to my stable right this is this will happen to you as well right a load of my stable started dying <laughs> I'm always afraid of that. <laughs> it's, it's a killer. Sorry, I know that's a pun, right? But you're still like, well done to you. I used to love doing him. There he was. He was a fantastic man. And then popped the clogs. So he did. And I couldn't do him anymore. Yeah. And, and you're there like, okay, who else? Then I used to, you, you're, you're probably even too young, Connor. One of my big, at, in 2005, I'd say my second biggest character of the year was Liam Lawler. Liam Lawler? Liam Lawler was bigger than Roy Keane, Bertie Ahern, Jose Mourinho for about three months that year because he was the guy at the planning tribunal who was going to take down the government. And Liam Lawler kind of talked like that, right? He was a big <laughs> man who used to play Harlan. But the thing about Liam Lawler was he used to talk about himself in the third person. So they, the crowd, huge gaggle of reporters would be there now. Yeah. Mr Lawler, what are you going to say about Bertie Hearn? Liam Lawler will say what he wants to say when Liam Lawler's ready. And you're going... Are you for real about this guy? He was perfect to take yeah, this out. Yeah, yeah. Politician, huge fella, <laughs> f- planning corruption, yeah. hurler, Fianna Fall. I mean, it was just all there. Yeah. Then he died. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of find it happens in football when the managers get sacked. Yeah, yeah. Josie got sacked. And or I, Enda like, Kenny leaves power and disappears on a bike with a... Yeah, you lose someone like, you know. A lot he, of people do like, she was a girl in America. Now, she's probably still flying, but I remember she was always on Twitter. Wasn't a fan of Trump and was doing the, uh, you know, like Kaylee Trapp now does the, oh, uh, I know her. the, um, she's fantastic. The lip sync, the, 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 the lip sync girl in America. Oh yeah, and then she's back. Got, she was back the other day. Did you see her? Oh, was she back doing Trump? Trump. Yeah. Now we have our own one, you know, Kaylee uh, from Monaghan. She's brilliant. So the girl in America, Sarah, I think her name was, but she was doing Trump there for years, and then he went out of power, and she had a Netflix thing or whatever. But then I haven't seen her in in no. years. But she'd be back now she's when back Trump now is back. With Trump, yeah. yeah. John Stewart it, is back as well. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? They're all combined. It's amazing how, like, even in America, you look at that and you go, like, CNN's ratings are back. Exactly. But that's the one thing Trump should should lean in on more. He is single-handedly creating and maintaining the comedy industry. I mean, if you got me on this podcast, <laughs> it would be probably the biggest podcast you've ever done. Or you could get Sleepy Joe. Hey, you let me be clear. Come on, man. You. <laughs> hey. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Exactly. You see, he's, he's single-handedly holding up the whole industry. Uh, what was it? I think it was Rio Ferdinand. Did you do Rio as well? Did yeah, you? I do oh, a bit of Rio Ferdinand. You know what I mean? That's it. That's what it's all about. You know what I mean? Al Foran does it as well. He, Al did Rio in front of Rio. Um, yeah. Al a couple of years ago. Al's ridiculous. Oh, you know, he's incredible. Well, yeah. One thing, incredible. Like, we all have little specialities or whatever. Uh, and you're you're good at loads and I have a couple and, and but Jesus I'll tell you who Al does well right and I was I had a big discussion with him about he, he he was on this podcast you should listen to it it was really good pod Al is brilliant at black people no he is yeah Denzel and all that and this whole thing I had to talk to Mike him about Mike Tyson this. yeah just this oh, in the world we live in yeah you know oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 but just the way he captures the black voice with Tyson Denzel Chris Rock 
Oh yeah, his Chris Rock is amazing. Is that oh, I think he, he did he did a piece for you after the slap. Yeah, and he did the voicemails. Yes. I can't believe, that's man. That's the one. That's good yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can do a little bit of Kevin Hart kind of. Mm. Uh, come on, man. That's it. You know, Mary Rosenstock is amazing podcast. <laughs> that's good. He sounds <laughs> like he's on helium. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, mate. Um, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Anyway, it's, it's, and the thing about I know you're getting at there in terms of like obviously doing black people or mm. whatever in today's age, can you? Like for me. Doing Tiger is easy, a red top and a black uh, hat, or doing Lewis Hamilton has a Mercedes hat and stuff like that. It's the dress up part is where you're like, Correct. okay, like what can you do and what can't you do? Yeah. Um, with certain, it's even like anyone, like you know, in Formula One, can you Did do anybody all give out to you for doing Tiger? No, never, 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 even no. in America where it's Not so ne- polarized. Never, some people put the odd comment up and say something like, but like in terms of like, oh, you should do blackface or something like that, they'll say like, like you know what I mean? Just no one yeah, yeah, that's yeah. going to get a reaction in the comments or whatever. Yeah, but like, no, you see, for the most part, I just don't think a lot of stuff is like there's fa- there's outrage and there's fake outrage. Checks, right? And a lot, a lot of stuff online is fake outrage. It and is. if you if you if you like, and it's like I even I had this chat with Rory actually. Not to be name dropping, but no, like, no. Uh, and he was saying that his, uh, he got a gift off a family member and the thing had something written on it, like, don't read the comments, like, just yeah. a life kind of hack in general yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I think like on social media, there's certain comments that are very constructive. Mm. And so like people go, oh, do you read all the comments? And I'm like, not really. I don't read them on the day. When things go out, I just put it out there. And the only thing I'm uh, concerned about is like likes and views. Because like, people don't really regard the like as big you know what I mean because it's just like mm. flick of a button you don't really look but you, you'll notice the bad comment or something saying mm. you know something negative yes. there might be three of them yeah. do you know so it's like but if you look at the views and you look at the likes that's where you get the information from but if I like I did a video there at Christmas and it was like of the football managers and a few days later I went to check on it and I was like there was actually quite like I don't get too much like negativity in fairness and there was actually quite a few on it that were kind of negative and there's like two ways of looking at it some of them are just like wankers that just don't like it so they'll just jump on something and be like oh he's useless whatever but then some of them are actually just saying well no this wasn't uh, this wasn't like great like the voices here aren't good and would you believe I totally like that day I remember doing it like I really rushed it just to get something out for Christmas and usually I'll always kind of listen if I'm doing clap I'll listen to clap for a few minutes then I'll do it I'll listen to Jose just to get it fresh in my- mm. obviously you can't do that on stage but mm. when you're making a video you can mm. But when I did my last one last week when Klopp left, like I went back to doing that, like just because of those comments, like so not all comments like are like totally negative. Yeah. Some of them are constructive. The motivation behind comments are different. Yeah, oh completely. Yeah, yeah. so you yeah. can't discredit everyone and go other oh, trolls or whatever. No, but, like, no, no. What about politics? What do you think about politics? Um, and I start by saying because I thought you, I think you actually do one of the best Mihal Martins that I heard, that I've heard. I love it when you do Mihal Martin. Uh, well, it's I'm absolutely delighted to be here on today. I have to yeah, say, yeah, you got it. You captured uh, something in him there. Yeah, no, I remember listening to him there for a while when I when I did my own show at Vicker Street. Mm. Um. I remember thinking about the audience and like most of my audience online is all men and I can't remember who said it to me but yeah. they were like you know you got to cater for everyone at a gig because men will go with their wives yeah. and the amount of women that came up to me after my gigs like when I went to Mayo I remember like yeah. after it we'd done pictures and stuff like that and these women were like never heard you before in my life Jeez, that was great because they were brought by their husbands yeah great never heard it do you know but like the so new, I did fan. so I had Michal Martin I had David Attenborough I had all these people in it like so I had my like GA stuff and I had my, a bit of soccer and mm. I had like um, you know Davy Fitz and stuff like that mm. but I made sure to put it like obviously Tommy Tiernan everyone knows Tommy mm. here and then Michal Martin I did him at the start so that's why I kind of locked in a few of those politicians and even now doing corporate gigs in Dublin or mm. whatever mm. 
I always have them so that everybody gets it. So you don't have to be just because I am very sport centered yeah. in what I do. Yeah. But having the politicians, yeah. The one thing I notice about doing them at gigs is they're brilliant. But when you do politics online, mm. you do stray into that. Like people are quite like. Uh, oh yeah. I'll try doing Sinn Fein. Tribal. Online. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I met Michal actually at the airport there mm. one time. And he was like, ah, well, I just went over and said well to him. Mm. And I, I usually like, I'd be kind of like, I'm not going to go over and annoy someone. But I was walking by him, Taoiseach at the time. Mm. And I was like, uh, oh, I'm Taoiseach, uh, nice to meet you, whatever. Mm. He goes, ah, jizz, it's Jorlok Nan. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big fan of, Im- call it impressions as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a I, big I think a lot of people like, and certainly people like him, and especially if you're in public life and you're used to debating and talking and stuff like that, most of them people are well able for all that. Oh, like, they've heard it all before. They're politicians. They expect it to be satirised and to be yeah. lampooned. Mm. They're not living in a normal world if they're not. People get very nervous about it. I like I, obviously you know, I always do a Zoom call now before corporate gigs, and there's mm. always that kind of could you not mention this? Could you not mention that? And then I give them questions. Yeah, and they're like, oh, and I'm like, look, just relax, genuinely. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, people like getting a little bit of a lick here and there. You know what I mean? It's not a bit. I'm not yeah. going in to turn around and say, well, this guy is terrible at his yeah. job and he should be fired. Or yeah. like it's it's if anything, they're going to feel good that they've been mentioned. Correct. I, John Ram came to me I remember <laughs> I met John Ram over at uh, in LA Country Club there in the summer he's like uh, why don't you do me why don't you do me man and <laughs> I was you, like it's did just literally a did he yeah yeah he was like you never do me I was like would you believe I have practice it's, it's a, just it's hard it's a notch on his yeah he goes uh, you know it was hard I did yeah. tell him it was hard and I have worked on it a bit it is hard and Phil Mickelson as well like uh, a friend of mine sent me a picture of this thing, uh, him and Phil and he goes Phil said you know you don't do him enough or something like that he sent me that picture only a couple of weeks ago do you know? Jesus. So they all like they all like getting like the, the mick taken out of them, like, and I think it's a sign. They're, it means they're legends. Yeah, and you do get the odd person that can be sensitive to something like that, and I often think like, Jesus, like, get a life, man. Do you I know? Especially no, don't get me wrong. If I am taking a piss out and I am like doing something that's pretty, you know, maybe on the line, I can get it. Like, but again, like I was saying, I don't really think I'm ever there. What about there was this the David Clifford thing um, hitting a, a shot of your life or something was it because I saw it online as well I think yeah we were playing in the Irish Open Pro Am and uh, on the sixth in the sixteenth in the K Club there's a plaque on the ground yeah and it says Roy McIlroy two hundred and seventy two or three yards hit this shot into the green which is obviously protected by water that runs along the front so Clifford's about I think he's like two ninety out so he's about twenty yards back about yeah eighteen twenty yards back from the plaque. And he goes, what would you do here? I was like, eight iron, just hit an eight iron up there and just chip it on, mm. you know? He goes, would you go for it? I was like, see the plaque up there, mate? Roy McIlroy went for it. There's a plaque there. Mm. That's why. Even Lowry said something along those lines, I think, that day where he goes, no, there's a plaque there for a reason. You know, people don't go for it. And he goes, so what would you do? I says, eight iron. Eight iron up there, then pitch and we'll get on, we'll get a, we'll get a birdie. And he's like, okay. He just turns around and takes a tree without a bag. And hits like the most unbelievable shot I've ever seen. It was just mm. incredible. But it was just obviously David Clifford doing David Clifford things. Yeah, like it was probably. I would say it maybe was the best shot I've ever seen on a golf course. Really, he he just he, he just middled it, did he? Oh, uh, he absolutely nuts it. And then he's closer to Rory. Sorry, closer than Rory to the hole with his approach from twenty yards back. Mm. So I'll be expecting the K Club to put his plaque in the ground. Jesus, yeah. Mm. Clifford, it, it, it further ingrains the the, the legend of, of David exactly, Clifford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You on know? top of everything, he's actually a really, really nice guy. Make you sick. Is he, yeah? Oh, yeah. And Ireland's biggest man crush. I try I take the piss out of it on the on the radio a little bit, just about just this homoerotic thing about about, <laughs> about Irish men kind of going, You see Clifford in the shorts there? <laughs> there, were, there was short though, weren't they? I liked that. I liked it. 
I don't like the way I don't like it when he wears the long shorts. I like the short shorts. I, <laughs> you sort of see the shank. This, you sort of see the the outline of his the quads. <laughs> the quads. It's so homoerotic. I did. I did, a, I did a, an ad with him there about two years ago, and all the this one young fella from Cork. We were down in Cork doing that, and he looks in the window, and he just runs off. And it, you could have made an ad of this yourself, like oh, runs off, fluke. comes back. Yeah. With about 40 kids. <laughs> Clifford's there, boy. So we go outside anyway, and Clifford, he signs every single jersey, takes yep. photographs. Young fella comes up to me, he goes, would you, would you mind getting into my Snapchat there? And he must have been about seven. I was like, yeah, no problem at all. Takes the picture and goes, and who are you, boy? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Tommy Tiernan. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And uh, did you do Tommy's show? No, 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 I've never. You did it, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did it. Yeah. Although I did meet him. I met him at Broly's wedding. Yeah. And uh, I was quite nervous meeting him. Yeah. And I think that I don't think I said this in your podcast the last time I did because it would have been after that. Mm. But on the way down, I was there with my wife and I was like, I better, I don't know why I didn't think of this, but I, was like, I better write down a few notes because like, I could be called up to do something. Oh. And when I got down there then, probably was like, yeah, Sue, um, you know, I'm so delighted you're here, pal. You know, we're going to have a wonderful afternoon, you know, really. <laughs> Look at this here, you know, we're down in the glass house or is it the, in Ballina? Yeah. Is it the glass the house? Ice house. Ice house. Ice house. Well done, Ed, thanks. Fair place, save. Um, so we're there beautiful place anyway and he's like look at this out here you know it's, oh, it's wonderful isn't it you know, I, and I hope you know you won't be asked to do anything tonight no you, I want you to relax yourself get yourself a Guinness you know mm. I know if I was doing something like drinking and eating it all goes out the door for me right and uh, so I had three pints and I was sitting like with I think Bernard Flynn and Pat Gilroy and a few of these like we're having good old crack at the table and I went for a snooze after you know after you eat big dinner and I was after having three pints of Guinness I actually was feeling terrible and I was like went up to the bed in the hotel fell asleep for about an hour woke up then about seven missed calls and it was from the wedding planner I, hello hello I, Connor I, oh, this is whoever I was like yeah yeah where are you I was like I'm in the hotel room what you're on in ten minutes oh, I was like what Jesus. I come down I'm like what are you probably he goes what? I knew nothing about it uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like of course you didn't so anyway oh, I nightmare. done a few minutes but I met Tommy and Tommy's like uh, and I was very nervous meeting Tommy mm. and again you know there's some people I'm ner- not nervous with is that because of his personality uh, I think if, if I have someone built up in my head like Formula 1 like like that I, I, I didn't watch Formula 1 for a long time so I didn't really know much about these guys would have heard about them in the news a bit but like so to me they're easy, quite new and it's easier to do them then so like yeah, yeah I meet them and I'm like it's not like I'm like oh my god that that's that person yeah. but when I meet Keane I'm like when yeah. I met Joe Brawley I was yeah. like that I was like yeah. oh my god there's Joe Brawley yeah. You know, so when I met Tommy, I was like, oh my God. And then when you impersonate someone a few times, you hear nothing. And I'd know Larita quite well. I never heard anything. Did Tommy like it? Did he mm. not like it? Never mm. heard a thing. So I was like, he probably don't get it. He's going to be one of those comedians now that's shit crack and mm. he just doesn't like it. Betcha. And uh, I was a bit nervous then because I heard nothing. And um, went down and he walked. And then I walked over and I actually backed out of it at first. Mm. My wife was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, oh, I can't. <laughs> and then I just turned around he's wearing this hat and in fairness he's, he's quite fashionable and cool with everything yeah. he wears and I turned around to him and I put the hand out I was like Tommy how's it going and he goes ah oh, Jesus Connor how you doing jeez you fucking nailed me so you did <laughs> well done how do you do it no what's it ended up it was like the Tommy Turner show what's uh, he starts going Tommy straight away what's the process now yeah. of nailing an impersonation and I was like you just watched the same video pretty much over and over again. Right, okay. Is that what you did for me now? Because you even got me fucking eyebrows down. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, when I did you, I was in Florida at the time COVID hit and I remember backlogging a bunch of impersonations because there was nothing else to do. You couldn't go anywhere. 
So I was just, now not that in fairness, Florida wasn't too bad, but I had no real mates down there or anything. I was on my own. I was locked. I couldn't get home to Ireland. I was doing the show, doing it from my apartment for the Golf Channel. So I was like, every day I watched a video, I'd say for about three months of you, like I just couldn't do a half an hour. Just uh, had this room, go in, nice and dark, walk in, laptop, watch a video, half an hour. Because every day, I was like, yeah. You sound like a fucking pervert. <laughs> <laughs> and would you believe I worked in the Park Hotel years ago and he was doing a gig and I, people say to me, they often go, you even look like Tommy and stuff. And it was mm. like, uh, I remember doing a gig and some people do think I kind of look like him anyway mm. a little bit. And he was gigging in the Park Hotel and I was collecting the glasses that night. This must be 15 years ago, whatever. But a load of people came up to me that night and they were like, are, are you Tommy Tiernan's son? Right. Because he was wearing a waist jacket and I was like for work wearing yeah. a wa- waist jacket. Like, so okay. I was like, no, no. They were like, are you Tommy Tiernan's son? And I, it must, I'd say 10 people come up to me and I told them this. I was like, yeah, a lot of people mm. come up to me and they're like, are you Tommy mm. Tiernan's son? And he was like, right, okay, yeah. Mm. They didn't think we looked like brothers, no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, he's sharp as a tick. Like. Yeah. I remember PJ Gallagher did this podcast and we had a fucking fell around the place laughing at our... Uh, at disasters we'd had in corporate gigs or any gigs. Um, I remember I did a gas company, I won't name it. And there was again about a thousand people in the Burlington Hotel, nobody listening. And I couldn't get their attention. And then the CEO of the place, he'd obviously seen this before, gets up, rock, grabs the microphone off me. Give me that microphone. You've disgraced yourself again! <laughs> this obviously <laughs> happened last year. Right? And then later I heard a, uh, uh, incidents that had happened. One of them one of the people at the table, male at the table, had gotten off with the waiter, a male waiter, at the table. At the table? <laughs> at the table. <laughs> so I don't know what the waiter was on, but that's the kind of night it was. One of the lads from the company got off with the waiter at the table. Jesus. So that's how tanks they were. But anyway, I, I, and, then, and then, but anyway, PJ went. Um, I did this gig. Fun. I, it was six people. Six people he did the gig for in Leckery Van. Oh, but whatever they put them, they put him behind a pillar. And the six people couldn't hear him or see him. That, that happened to me. That happened to me <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. They couldn't see him or hear him. Yeah, it happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I was behind a pillar. I, I just walked in. I was like, "We're doing it over there." I actually, I, I remember like one gig really taught me a lot. I went down to Kerry, and I was after doing a load of GA gigs. So my first ever gig, first ever time I went on stage was, I got a, a text from someone at the Mean Fiddler in New York. It was Macker or whatever. Like I've got to know these people since whatever. Right. Dead on. He goes, look. And I'm, I was only kicking off. I was only like literally about four months at it. McGregor was fighting that weekend. They were like, would you come over and do a gig at the Mean Fiddler? I was like, oh yeah, New York. Oh my God, like this is incredible, right? So I was over. So I go down to the Mean Fiddler or whatever and just do a little bit of uh, bit of comedy or whatever. So I was in the back room and I was getting changed. And I was about to come out and he goes, no, I'll tell you what, wait, wait another hour or so. Let, let, the, let the place fill up. This is the Mean, do you know what the Mean Fiddler is? It's mm. coppers on steroids, mm. right? Mm. Like there was sailors and everything in there, right? And then this is the stupidity. This is my first time on stage. So I'm like, 11 o'clock, will I go on? He goes, let it get a bit more amped up. The place was a nightclub, <laughs> right? It was a bit more amped up. We go, right? So 12 o'clock or something, I went on. And my brother and all them were looking at me and were like, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all a bit like sheepish about it. Yeah. I go into the kitchen put my Michael D hat on, come out, walk oh. out, no stage, no nothing. People are all standing up. I'm, Five foot six, uh. right? Five foot five and a half, mm. really. Mm. <laughs> I end up going on my knees doing Michael D like mm. an idiot. Mm. Uh, yes, indeed. Tomorrow, thank you for everyone for being here today. Everyone's looking at me going, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> so I'm there doing yoke. Then I was doing Roy Keane and someone has a video of it. Like yeah, it was yeah. horrendous. Yeah. Some fella from Dublin threw an ice cube at me. Uh. 
kind of hit me there or whatever. Ah, oh, just jarred or whatever. Yeah. Then he threw another one at me, right? Yeah. So I dropped the mic, boom, ran at this fella. I like kind of went in for the rugby tackle or whatever, right? And the gig was over. All you could hear from the mic was... Whatever. All my mates were all like, what the fuck is going on? They are like, what are you doing, man? You can't do that. I was like, no, no. I was like, I wasn't. I says, I barely, I don't even think I got here, man. I rugby tackled someone else. They are like, what were you doing? I was like, I just wanted to get off the stage. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted, yeah, yeah, I was that yeah, desperate. Yeah. I was willing to go on rugby tackle anyway. Yeah. I just wanted to get off. It was horrendous. Mm. Anyway, did a gig the following week back for the Dublin team, whatever. That was all right, whatever. Did a couple of gigs. Then I started doing GA gigs and I was nailing them. But there were, GA gigs are quite like, a bit like weddings. Fairly, you know, they're on the easier side of gigs. Everyone's lubed up, they're drinking. All you got to say is he's this and he's that and whatever. This kind of stuff works a charm. It's a bit of, you know, the slagging kind of thing. People kind of love that. And then I got a gig down in um, for the O'Shea's, for the Gale Talk. They're doing fundraiser. And Broly goes, you're on my table, you know. And then I says, do you want me to do a gig? Like, a GA gig, I'll, I'll nail that. Broly goes, well, you don't have to, but if you want it, that'd be brilliant, you know. He says so sneaky in your Tommaso she'll be delighted. So I went down anyway, and then it was in the INEC in Clarny, a big, huge dance floor. And again, these are all things you learn, but a big, huge dance floor between me and the closest table. Don't ever do that. Oh, yeah, quite. I always put that into my yoke. Yeah, I'm No, I'm very particular about like where people have to be right up beside them because they have to see the mannerisms and all that. There has to be a comedy club feeling. Oh, yeah, 100%. People shoulder to shoulder. Huddled in together because laughter is ex- is infectious. Exactly, and you need an atmosphere. That's why even in America, I do some outdoor gigs sometimes, like because golf and there's good weather. Like they're tougher than doing indoor mm-hmm. gigs because the laughter gets lost. Mm-hmm. So like, but when you're in a room, like if let's just say you twenty people in here, mm-hmm. you'd nail it. Oh yeah, just going up against the door, I mean, there. it would sound like a hundred. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I get up there anyway, and I start doing. I just start doing my normal GA gig, and it is tanking. And I think, is it Eamon Horn from RT? Mm. Right now, everyone's mild. So everyone's just talking away. And I'm just up there yet. No one's listening yeah. or whatever. And like, we're dead right not to like. It was just, it was, again, now I was learning. It was a bit, and I remember then I started cursing and everything. And I remember a lady from Kerry come up to me after. She goes, why do you curse so much there in your gig? You shouldn't, you shouldn't be cursing. Nurse. It doesn't look good or whatever. I was like, oh yeah, 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 don't do that. And I was like, you know what? It was actually a great piece of advice she gave me. Yeah. But at the very end then, uh, uh, Eamon was like uh, I might ask you a couple of questions at the end you know because like you know in the GA circles you know, your stars after rising and everything how it started and blah 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 I was like oh perfect yeah that's all well and good if you do a very good gig mm. but then when they start asking you questions about you're flying at the minute but you're after dying on your hole mm. what's the point so mm. I had the microphone still up to my mm. mouth and he goes so Connor, tell us how did this all start and I was just finished mm. and I went and I never took the mic away from my mouth I went I fucked that, Eamon. <laughs> Walked off. Yeah, fair play to you. And I got the biggest laugh at him. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving me the heebie-jeebies. And let, uh, do you know what? Because this is this is. I shouldn't have even asked you the question because let's just let's just par- let's just put this in as a, as ninety nine point nine percent of these gigs are going down a storm. Oh yeah, no. To be, these I are just <laughs> with experience. <laughs> it's going absolutely fantastic for Connor, and I've loved meeting you. And not that I and I have met you before, and I've loved meeting you. And you're as charming in the flesh as you are, um, in 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 all the the, the online stuff I've seen you doing and uh, listen all I can do is just say uh, more power to you and best of luck and continue doing what you're doing because you're playing an absolute stormer well thank you very very much honestly it's an honour to do it with you you're big you're a hero of mine the master cheers, cheers. cheers. thank you thank you my thanks again to Connor Moore and I'm sure we'll be hearing lots about Connor and from Connor in the next year or so and I wish him the best of luck in his exploits in America as well I know he has lots of things planned for the um, elections that are coming up in the end of the year if you want to get in touch with me it's mariorosenstock at gmail.com I read them all and I get back to most of them 
Um, I'm at Gift Grub Mario on Twitter. I'm on Instagram as well. All the socials, you know yourself. Um, let me know what you think. Give me ideas for guests. Give me some constructive criticism. Or just give me a pat on the back. And please tell one other person you know about this podcast if you like it. Subscribe, follow, you know the rules. Take it easy. See you same time, same place next week.